It's Sunday, January the 10th, and we want to welcome you to the Winkler Berktaller Midnight Church Service. We are already into the second week of the new year. We look forward and we pray that God will guide and direct our church as we seek the Lord's face together. If you have a bulletin, I have chosen to speak on an alternative message titled, that is not listed there, but the message this morning is entitled, The High Cost of Discipleship, found in Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 35. So we welcome you to come and join us as we worship and praise the Lord together. Good morning. Welcome to the Winkler Berchtaler Mennonite Church Sunday morning worship service. We're happy that you uh, tuned in and joined us. Uh, We have planned a song and a message for you, and we hope it will be a blessing to you. We are now entering into the second week of a new year. And planning for the new year most likely has been on our minds and made especially challenging due to the pandemic of the past year, and it is still with us. But we need not be without hope. Romans 12, verse 12 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, Faithful in prayer. And I'd like to read with you Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we are with renewed hope that things will change for the better. Now let's uh, take a brief look at the work of the church in the bulletin. You can obtain a, a copy of the bulletin uh, if you contact the church office or on the website. In hospital, we note that we have one in the Swan Lake Hospital. We also have an expression of sympathy. The families of Henry Braun, 
who passed away Monday, December the 28th. Uh, he is brother to Mary and Peter Weeb and brother-in-law to Irene Braun. And Percy Dell passed away Thursday, December 31st. He is the brother to Dorothy and Bernie Friesen, Arthur and Tina Dell, and Evelyn Dell. Our missionaries for this week are Preston and Myra. And I would like to share some exciting news uh, from them. Their 2020 plan was to travel to three Latin American uh, cities and train 25 leaders in each city for Christian leadership. Then came COVID, and they had to come up with a new plan. So they put their three-month training program online and were able to get close to 25 key leaders from each of 14 cities for a total of 331 Christian marketplace leaders to participate. They are now equipped and inspired to become multipliers in a leader impact movement to share the gospel. What a miracle. To God be the glory. And I can just hear the amen from our missions committee and our church membership. There is still opportunity to contribute to the food for the needy. You are encouraged to drop off a loony or a toony in the jar at the church during the week and also bring one non-perishable item each week to put in the old chest in the foyer. Uh, this uh, distribution provides an opportunity to, to share spiritually and be a blessing to them. And there is still time to join in on the preparation for baptism and joining this church. Pastor Dean plans to begin teaching and preparation starting January the 17th. For further information or questions, call Pastor Dean at the church office. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are full of grace and unceasing love. Thank you that we can bring you our praise and you also hear our concerns. We are and have been greatly challenged by the COVID pandemic in many ways. But know but, and take comfort in that we are in your care. We give you thanks for preparing us with the technology to virtual gather with our loved ones and to continue to provide worship services to our congregation at this time. We thank you that with this new means of outreach that you have enabled us to extend your message to new listeners. Listeners seeking our comfort and guidance in these trying times. Lord, we need each other and pray that we will soon be able to open our doors once again 
to fellowship with each other, our friends and loved ones in person. Lord, we are reminded of of those in hospital and those that would like to be near them, to comfort and pray with them. We also pray for those convalescing at home. We pray that your healing hand be upon them. We are mindful of the families of Henry Braun and Percy Dell that have loved ones that passed away. We pray that your assurances and nearness gives them comfort in their loss. Lord, we are reminded of those that are at a loss with challenges of the new year before them. Inspire them to reach out to you in faith for guidance. You know their needs, and in your grace there is light and a comfort beyond all understanding. We thank you for your inspiration and hand in Preston and Myra's outreach program. We pray that their work continues to be a blessing to you. This morning, Pastor Dean has prepared a special message for us. We pray that you give him the words that you have in mind for him and the ability for us to receive the message to prepare us in time of tribulations. We thank you and praise you, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But we never can prove the delights of his love Until all on the altar we lay For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows Are for them who will trust and obey Trust and obey 
talking about uh, being pressed into depending upon God, and so these songs are in line with that theme. Next one is, I Need Thee Every Hour. Please join me. Bless me now, my Savior, I come 
This third song is called I Must Tell Jesus. It's not in the hymn book that we're familiar with, uh, but uh, maybe some of you know it, and if not, maybe you'll get a chance to learn a new song today. boys and girls, and Happy New Year. As you can see, I'm not in the sanctuary, but rather I'm sitting in the foyer. And I'm sitting in the foyer for a very good reason. And that reason is I brought my special friend with me today, Sammy D. Crosby, or otherwise known as simply Sammy. Having Sammy here today fits in with this morning's sermon topic, which is being dependent on God. Boys and girls, do you know what being dependent means? Well, if not, Sammy and I will try to explain it to you and help you to understand what it means. I have a few questions. Who do you think feeds Sammy? Or who do you think takes him out for a walk? Who do you think gives Sammy a bath? Or takes him out to do his business? Who do you think takes him to the vet or spends time cuddling with him? The answer to that question, all all those questions, is me. I take care of him. 
Could Sammy do this on his own? Without me? No, he needs me to help him. In other words, he depends on me. Do you depend on someone to take care of you? I bet you depend on your parents. But you know what? We all depend on God to take care of us, to take care of all of our needs. You know, God provides us with food. He provides us with shelter, with education, with loving parents and grandparents. God walks with us every day. But most importantly, he loves us. Doesn't it feel good to know that God is always looking out for us, that we can always turn to him? You know what? Sammy already knows that when I when I pull up on the driveway, when I open the door, I'm always met with a very excited dog. He always jumps up on me and his tail is always wagging. He's so excited and relieved to know that he's not alone anymore, that the person who loves him is home to take care of him. This is how excited we should be every day knowing that God is taking care of us. So the way that Sammy depends on me to take care of him is how we need to depend on God. I want to leave you with a verse that is found in 1 John 4, verse 16, and it reads, So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us, because God is love. Again, the way that we can always depend on God, because he loves us. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for being a God we can depend on. Thank you for always taking care of us, for always taking care of our needs. Thank you for always showing your love to us. You are an awesome God. Amen. Say goodbye, Sammy. Good morning. This morning's scripture reading is from Psalm 103, verses 1 to 13. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, So far he removed our transgressions from us. As a father, his compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Thus far the reading of God's word. Good morning. William Barclay writes this. It's possible to be a follower of Jesus without being a disciple. To be a camp follower without being a soldier of the king. To be a hanger-on 
in great work without pulling one's weight. Once someone was talking to a great scholar about a younger man. He said, so-and-so tells me that he was one of your students. The teacher answered devastatingly, he may have attended my lectures, but he was never one of my students. There is a world of difference between attending lectures and being a student. It is one of the supreme handicaps of the church that in the church there are so many distant followers of Jesus and so few real disciples. If you have your Bibles, I ask you to take them and turn with me to Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 35. Luke chapter 14, 25 through 35. This will be the portion of scripture that we will be expounding on this morning. Starting at verse 25, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life. He cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish... Everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him? With 20,000? If he is not able, he will send the delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come into your house today to worship you, we thank you for the week that you have given us. We thank you for the new year that you have brought us into. We ask, Lord, that you would teach us once more from your scriptures what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and how we can serve you more fully by fully walking with you and committing our lives to you in every part of our life. I pray now, Lord, that you would speak to us clearly. Help us to mature as believers so that we can love you with all our heart, our soul, our mind and our neighbor has ourselves. I pray now, Lord, go with us into the rest of the message. May your word speak to our hearts. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So the question is, is what is a disciple? A disciple is a person who is a pupil, a student, or a learner. It was a practice for students to attach themselves to an instructor and follow him according to his teacher's teachings, and disciplines. So it's more than just being a follower. It is being totally 
committed to Christ. Vernon McKee put the term disciple in its proper perspective when he said a person can be saved by accepting Jesus Christ as Savior, but a person will never follow and serve him until he is willing to make a sacrifice. That is what this passage is teaching. There is a difference between being a believer and being a disciple. Unfortunately, not all believers are disciples, close quote. I've entitled this message, The High Cost of Discipleship. The high cost because it is truly a high cost. First, the high cost of discipleship is this. Jesus demands us to place him first in our lives. Jesus demands us to place him first in our lives. That's verses 25 through 27. It says that the large crowds had been following Jesus. It would have been easy for him to speak to the people and also just tell them the nice things about being a Christian or a follower. But Jesus doesn't do that. He goes beyond there. Jesus takes no comfort in this. He has a mission in mind and he begins to spell out it clearly. He doesn't want people just to follow, but he wants them to be disciples. This is not for the few, but it is for everyone. It is there for us, for you and I, by choice. Unfortunately, most are not willing to make the sacrifice. When it comes to you and I, it is not that God does not want us to be disciples. It is that we don't want to be disciples. We don't want to pay the cost because the cost is so extreme. It's so high. Jesus says two main things in verses 25 through 27, which spells out the high cost of discipleship. He says, first of all, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. This is certainly a bold and upfront statement. This seems confusing because Jesus had made statements such as that others will know that they are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus also told his followers that they are to love their enemies. Then in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Why is Jesus saying contradicting things? The answer is very simple. We are called to love others, but if the loyalties clash with our family, our friends, or even with our wants, we are to choose Christ every time. In other words, it will be like hating them if we choose to do what Christ wants us to do instead of what others want us to do. Can you see how that can get a disciple in trouble? Then Jesus says in verse 27, And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Everyone who is listening 
to Jesus of that day clearly understood what he was saying. People of that time saw the Roman government take individuals who protested against the government or who went and they would crucify those individuals. And everybody would see the torture that they would go through. And they did this to say this, that if you rebel, you will be crucified. You are to be so devoted to Christ that you are willing to die the most hideous, torturous death. And that was being nailed to the cross. In other words, you would choose death rather than to go another way. Crucifixion was a horrible act. And can you see why many people wanted only to be followers of Christ and not a disciple? In the high cost of the disciple, you must be willing to make all other loyalties subordinate to Christ and you must be willing to die for him. It is that serious. So not only does Jesus demand to for us to place him first in our lives, but he also has a second shocking requirement, and that is to look at the high cost of discipleship because he demands us to consider the cost. He demands us to consider the cost number two. Jesus is not letting leading anyone down the blind path. He wants everyone who chooses to be a disciple to know what they are getting themselves into. Jesus is putting all the demands up front so each person are fully, fully aware of the requirements. He is not preaching an easy life. There will be a high cost. Pain, hardship, heartbreak, persecution, and even torture if you are crucified for everyone who decides to be a disciple of Jesus. When we listen to salesmen today and they want to sell us something, they always tell us the best about a product. And I remember this so well because I used to sell vacuum cleaners at what time when I was in college. And I can remember all the different things some of these vacuum cleaners could do and one particular brand that was being sold, you could do so much with it. You could blow dry your hair with it and you could also paint your vehicle with it. You could put different perfumes in it. The only thing is all these extra things that they had really is a, something that a person would not even use but they sell you all the good features and they probably don't tell you or we didn't tell very much about the bad features. You see, Jesus does point out the good things about the gospel, but he also points out the high cost. It is a high cost. It will cost you everything. To illustrate this point, Jesus uses two parables for explanation. First, he says this, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first sit down and estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? For if he lays a foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Then there's a second parable in this passage. Listen again. Or suppose a king is about to go to war Against another king, will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able 
with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. The requirement is clear. We must make sure that we have what it takes to accomplish the task or we will look foolish if we quit in between and do not accomplish what Christ has called us to do. That is being a disciple, to count the cost. We then have to realize we can bring disgrace to the Lord's name when we quit midway through. This does not mean that we will follow on our own strength because no one can do so. However, it must be a choice that is made down deep in the heart that no matter what happens, you will trust Christ so fully that you will go to your death for his cause. It's a choice you and I have to make. It's a choice that everyone is capable of making, but the price tag is your life. It is everything. It's a choice of where you are going to spend your life. For what? And when and how? It is all or it is nothing. Jesus tells us a very short parable in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 45. Listen to these parables. One verse apiece. First, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then, in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought the field. And then there's the second parable. Listen to the second one, parable, one verse. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he has found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. When you find a treasure, what are you willing to pay for it? Let me ask you another question. Let's say that you're approximately 25 years old. If you knew a field was rich in diamonds worth multi-millions of dollars, what would you be willing to pay for it? If it took 10 years to develop the mines before the millions would start pouring in, would you be willing to live like a pauper for those first 10 years? The offer demands that you sell everything that you have and you have to give 90% of your money to pay for the mines during this time, this 10-year period. That means you would have to live in poverty for 10 years, for a decade, before you would be given the hundreds of millions. Would you do it? Would it be worth it? In the same way, we need to count the cost of what it would be to be a disciple. The question is not, do you and I have enough for the purchase? But are we willing to give up what we now have? Are we willing to give up what we now have? Let's review the high cost 
of discipleship. It's an enormously high cost. First, Jesus demands us to place him first in our lives. Second, Jesus demands us to consider the cost. And finally, and, and finally, Jesus demands us to give up everything. Here is the last requirement. In the same way, any of you who does not give up everything, he cannot be my disciple. Wow. What a requirement. Not only we must be willing to give, not only one must be willing to give up his or her money, material possessions, and family, but also one's own life. You must be willing to say goodbye to your dreams, to your aspirations, and be willing to completely deny yourself. This doesn't mean that you have to go out and you sell everything that you own and give it all away, your money, and disown your family. That's not what it's saying here. However, you must surrender everything under Christ's control. If he calls you to missions, you must be willing to go. If he calls you to use your material possessions and finances to help reach people for Christ in Winkler, in Manitoba, in Canada, and in the world, then you must be willing to do it. You must be willing to go. You must be willing to do whatever the Lord calls and asks you to do. And this will mean sacrifice. This will mean a cost. The same way that a person is not willing to renounce and give up everything in the same way that we talked about earlier in this scripture, that salt goes stale. Once it loses its quality, it is good for the manure pile, the scripture says. We must never let our lives get to that. Being a disciple is an initial choice and a continuous choice. Being a disciple is an initial choice and a continuous choice. Those who chose to be a disciple by giving everything up in this life will end up with eternal weight of glory. We are not living for this life, but for the next life. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 18, verses 18, or pardon me, Luke chapter 18, verses 28 through 30. Luke chapter 18, verses 28 through 30. Listen to what Peter says to Jesus one day. Peter said, We have left all We had to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to them. No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of God, of the kingdom of God, will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. There is an indescribable reward awaiting every person who is a disciple of Jesus. However, not to be a disciple of Christ is to be a disciple of darkness. We are going to have to serve someone or something. 
And either we're a slave to righteousness or we are a slave to sin. We must make a choice, not based on feelings, but rather on the intellect. And Oswald Chambers has put it forth so beautifully. When he says this, let me quote for him. If we do only what we feel inclined to do, some of us would do nothing forever and ever. There are, there are unemployables in the spiritual domain. Spiritually decrepit people who refuse to do anything unless they are supernaturally inspired. The proof that we are rightly related to God is that we do our best whether we feel inspired or not. I want you to think about that. How do we serve God? Are we so disciplined? Are we so willing that even when we don't feel like going and doing what Christ wants us to do, that we do it because we love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind? The question that Jesus is asking you today, are you following only at a distance like the crowds of that day? Or are you a disciple? Is Jesus first in your life ahead of your family, your friends, your money, your possessions, and even your comfort, your dreams, and your desires? Is Jesus first in your life, in my life, in everything? This is the question you and I and everyone has to ask ourselves continuously. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He never will suffer the righteous to fall. He is at thy As we come into this new year, we can be so thankful that God has promised to be with us. He's going to guide and direct us. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, the Apostle Paul says to us, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generation, forever and ever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pause before you once more. We thank you for what you have brought us through this past year. With all the trials and the difficulties, you have promised that you would never leave us and you would never forsake us. And you have also promised that you will go with us into the future. 
And Lord, we lay this before us as we enter this new year. We pray, Father, that our hearts would be sensitive to the tug of the Holy Spirit, that when we hear your voice, we would be quick to obey. We would become disciples and we would walk with you faithfully throughout this new year. Lord, correct us when we need correcting and guide us in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And we thank you that you are present here today. We ask that you would go with us now as we go our separate ways. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And once again, we thank you for joining us. Go in the peace of God.